So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season 2 is Mercy and Fire. We're going to discuss eight specific verses that walk us down the path to salvation. Our hope is that we can show how simple the plan really is to understand. But that doesn't mean it's easy. Do it right now. Okay. All right, so the Romans previous one 10. is Romans 10.9. That's Romans where we 10, came 9. from. Romans 10.9, Yes. Okay, so bring us from Romans 10.9, Daniel, into the now. And what are we doing now? Why do I have to bring us from Romans 10.9? Because you're the one who had the flow. eight verses. Okay, Romans 10, verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, then you will be saved. And we know that these are elements necessary to our salvation, but they're not the complete picture. Because we have other references to salvation as well, right? We have other examples and steps of obedience to the gospel that we need to follow, right? And one of those, a major one, is found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Following sermons, uh, Peter's and the other apostles' sermon in the temple complex on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes down and tongues of fire on their heads... And they speak in languages unknown to them, but known to everyone in the crowd, so that they can be understood by everyone. And here we see, in Acts chapter 2, Jesus preached for the very first time, in the context of a scriptural sermon, basically, that Peter and the apostles deliver. And at the end of this sermon, we see that the, the audience, those who heard, Scripture says we're cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, okay, you've, we've heard of this message about Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, who was prophesied to come, who was killed for our sins. What do we do now? So is, it, Acts, is it fair to say that all the previous verses up to now that we've covered for this season have been kind of crescendoing or building up to this kind of, this verse? I think Absolutely. And we didn't preach the same sermon that Peter did. You know, we're certainly Mm -hmm. not in those shoes. But what we're doing, I think what we've tried to do anyway, is to deliver the good news, to present the gospel message throughout these verses. And I think that they do culminate Mm -hmm. with Peter's call to repentance Mm -hmm. in Acts 2.38, when he says, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's Peter's answer. After the first gospel sermon is preached, after Jesus, the risen Christ, is preached for the very first time in history, the audience says, what now? What do we do? How do we respond to this message? And Peter's answer is, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Mm-hmm. So I think we see here also where confession in the name of Jesus 
is necessary. Belief that Jesus is the Son of God that we saw in Romans chapter 10. These are necessary elements, but there's a step of obedience that had to be followed as well. To repent and then to do something about that, to with that repentance, to do something in that that state of having a contrite heart, a heart that's accepting of the responsibility of sin, that understands the wages of sin, that recognizes that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that does something with that knowledge, that acts upon that knowledge, that understanding of Jesus is the way to salvation, and that he died so that we could have access to that salvation. Right? We talked about that in Second mm-hmm. Corinthians. And so now we see sort of the, the like you said, the culmination, the end point of of what to do at that at that stage. What do you do when you reach those that level of understanding? Right. That level of belief, of acceptance, of being sorry for your actions, of being repentant for your sins that you've committed. How do you get past that? How do you move on? Mm-hmm. You repent and you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of those sins. Yeah. That's Peter's answer. Yeah. I think it helps us understand where um, a lot of people are. If you would ask them, you know, how do you think that you, quote unquote, get saved? That's a pretty common question. How do you get saved? And most people say, or how do you go to heaven? I think most people's answer, um, and you know, it's logical in the day and time that we live in, is I'm a pretty good person. I'm good, good person, and so I, th- I think I'm going to go to heaven, or I think the Lord's going to accept me the way I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and in light of the things that we've read, it becomes pretty interesting. You know, this is a should be very interesting reading for maybe some who kind of had that idea. So now you read it, it and I'll, Acts two thirty eight makes it so so interesting and obvious um, because you have a a group of people that Peter's preached to. And then they say, oh, man. So they realize that what they've heard is actually means it tells them and convicts them that yeah, they what they've been doing is Cut wrong. to the heart. Yeah, yeah, it's what it says, is they were cut to the heart. And so then they say, what do we do to be saved? So it, it does tell us that there's just there has to be more than being a good person because there had to be some of those people in that audience who were mm-hmm. good people, right? 3,000 yeah. people. Of the 3,000 people who decided to put the Lord on baptism, I mean, you have to think that one of the 3,000 people thought they were a good person. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, as we talked about last week in Romans 10, one of the 3,000 people, as Peter was talking and he talked about calling upon the name of the Lord, said, cool, there we go. I just have to love the Lord and accept him in my heart and, and I should be good. Right. But instead, they still ask the question, you know, mm-hmm. what do we do to be saved? So yeah. I think for uh, for us and maybe a lot of folks listening, it's uh, it's good to hear this again. It's, it's really refreshing to see how it was done and get the example because all we're really trying to do is figure out what the Bible says about salvation. And here it plays out in one chapter. Well, two chapters. Uh, pretty simply, wow! This is this is how you do it, you know. Right. You said something uh, 
earlier about you know people having a tendency a lot of people in the world just you know saying you know god just accepts me the way i am you know that's the kind of the you know one of the accepted outlooks that people have and um yeah you know so if we say well no it's it's true he does accept us just as you are but he doesn't expect you to stay there Hmm. right Hmm. right and that because all have fallen sin you know or have sinned and fallen short right um yet he accepts us as we are at that moment you know when when we've when we're not close to him but we want to be close to him you know he's accepting i mean even before we know him he's known us you know so but we can't just stay there right so now what you know beyond that and this helps take us you know there's you know if you want a relationship with him you know all relationships are two-way streets you know there's you have to do something you know there's an expectation that you have to keep up your end of a relationship as well. And I think that's where, you know, Acts 238 really takes us is, you know, how do I enter into that relationship? And, and you know, and then it shows, you know, later on, right after he said that, that, um, you know, that, you know, he kept on preaching beyond that. But um, then those who, uh, in verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, definitely, that's what their understanding of it was. That's what they all did. They gladly accepted his word. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, in in my mind, yeah, that's the apex of kind of our our individual walk, because finally we have, like, a clear path for us to take, Mm -hmm. and this is how we find that closeness. Yeah, back to Acts 2 and 38, it, it takes us back to John, because... When they say, what do we do to be saved? And you point this out, Daniel, the very first thing he says, he doesn't say, let's go get wet. right? He doesn't say, let me baptize you. Boom. Now, what he says is, repent. Like It, it, it reminds you of John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, look, repent. That means you're going to have to make a change from where you are and what you believe and what you think and all your preconceived notions. We have to trash that. You must change. And that is step number one. It, it doesn't mean that that I change and I'm completely perfect or I change and look at me. I, I mean, I look completely. It means that I have to make that decision to change and put it in action. I have to change. Then you change. Then be baptized. And have your sins washed away. But... I mean, the change is exactly what Jesus said. Look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Mm-hmm. It has to be my way, you know? Right. And um, that's exactly what Peter is relating to them. Dude, you got to change if if this is what you want, if you want eternal life. I think um, all of these passages have been leaning us toward that. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is, is the Son of God. Like, okay, there, there's a lot to that that means a lot more than just merely saying Jesus is the Son of God, you have to change the way that you think. Um, the whole way, it's just about change. No, yeah, well, yeah, and I can't. For some reason, I can't get my mind off of the, um, ex, you know, God accepting us just just like we are, kind of a thing, which ties back into what you just said again, because it's really uh, self-centered of us to think that we get to do it our way, right? And I mean, for sure, that's if we just say. Um, you know, accept me as I am, you know, I, I want to be with you. And, but that's all we say. We're trying to declare the terms to God of our salvation. 
and that's just never going to fly. Who do we think we are? Right. Right. I mean, we are. We're we're not God. We're nobody. Like we have no position to make terms, right? And so, what are the terms? What are the real terms? Let's down. Let down our um, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, and let's just submit to what God's will is. And you know, it sounds weird to get wet, right? Baptism. Okay. So why does that matter? I don't know why it matters so much. But everyone there understood that it was important, and they did it. And so, well, let's not judge it. Let's just take it for what it is, yeah. you know, and just, yeah. Well, And baptism wasn't even really, I mean, they knew what baptism was. It's not like this was a new term for them. And the Jewish people, all throughout their history, did different baptisms. They, you know, they had cleansing rituals. They had baptism pools. Um, that goes way back before Jesus came in, and you know the apostles preached baptism, and John the Baptist preached baptism. So they had these you know ritual purifications that they did. They had this whole system, and a lot of architecture that you can find today of these baptism pools. So they certainly had a cultural understanding of what this was. It's not new, and so um, so it is relevant, and it's very much intentional. I think how it got laid out. Yeah, and Peter, so. You know, in talking about baptism, I like the way Peter says it. He says that baptism is not a putting away the filth of the flesh, mm-hmm. King James. he Basically, he says baptism is not taking a bath. However, it is an answer of a good conscience towards God. Mm-hmm. And that is it, is, it is a conscience saying, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, Lord. Similar to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus says there is something that you must do to have eternal life. But he's very clear that these are the terms, to use your terminology, that he has to follow. And, and Nicodemus, even though fuzzy a little bit about what that means, he still has to follow those terms about obedience. And mm-hmm. to your point, yeah, I mean, why baptism? Why do you have to get wet? I don't, why? Well, Cause he, Romans 6. Is pretty clear about that. Is because that's how it is like the death. We are spiritually buried, mm-hmm. like that's how we come into contact with mm-hmm. the blood of Christ that right. clen- that cleanses us from sin. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the spiritual death and the resurrection. The death, resurrection. Right. right. I think he was saying, <clears throat> "Why did we choose? Why did the Lord choose baptism? Because the Lord have chosen anything." Oh, sure. To, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That, that's what yes. he's yeah, saying. That's Not why, gotcha. but why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so pop quiz time. <clears throat> this is Stump the Seekers. Three. No, four. <laughs> the oh. answer is always 42. Yeah, 42. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what the question is. It's a guarantee, 42. Um, okay, so is baptism necessary? Do you have to be baptized to be saved? And Daniel's giving me the rolly eyes, or the the squinty eyes, squinty rolly eyes. Because <clears throat> there's going to be people listening to this there's that might not agree be with us. People who, and that's okay. That's cool. And but tell um, us. Yeah, tell us. Give us email some us. Hit us on on <laughs> Facebook or whatever, and tell us that we're insane. But I thought you were about to say, audience, what do you think? <laughs> and they're not there. Right Caller, now. hold your hand up. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of people that, uh, 
you know, take different, different, uh, takes sure on there this. are. And I think that God is merciful mm-hmm. and that his ways are not my ways. Right. And that he put this path for us to follow because he expects us to do so. Is there ever a circumstance where God would say... I'm not asking for, like, the random exception. Like, exactly. I'm just saying, because you could do what-if scenarios all day long. What if sure. this? What I about th- the thief I on think, the cross? What, I but just that... in general, like, um, with what we know, unless there's barring some kind of weird situation... Is that what is that is that what we're saying by Jacks two thirty eight? We're telling a, a, a cool story about what those guys did and their dedication. I mean, the early Christians also sold everything and went and lived together and um, you know worshipped together. I mean, but we don't do that. So, I mean, is this just another example of the times and what they did? Um, is this something that am I going to go to heaven without being baptized? Uh, I mean, I think you already know my. It's good to be the person sure. asking the question because then I'm right, not put on the spot. You don't have so to that's answer why the I always default to that. <laughs> my understanding is that yes, under normal circumstances, baptism is mm-hmm. necessary for salvation because that's how we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And that gift is not the same as it was when the when the New Testament was still being written. Because the Holy Spirit was acting to, to perform miracles to confirm the word. That's already been done, right? So that's not a thing anymore. But we still have the Holy Spirit, right? So how do we get that? Baptism. Baptism is how we get that. And everyone who's been baptized has the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's where he lives. He lives within our hearts and in our souls, right? That's, that's the dwelling place. Dwells of, within us, yeah. Right. So in order to get that... Does he already dwell in us? Prior to baptism. Does does it does it was the dwell in us part post baptism or, or I think it's post. He says, and then you will receive the, and then of the Holy to, Spirit. And yeah, that's repent and be you, baptized every one the, of you in the and, name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Cool. Sorry. Just ran right over you. I appreciate it. No, thank you. So, yeah, I think that baptism is necessary for salvation. I think there is, uh, there's always this kind of interesting dispute about timing. And um, if one believes, and the second they believe, does the Holy Spirit come into their heart? Like, as, like, as they believe, does the Holy Spirit come in and then they're baptized like this? This whole timing aspect to now have someone saved prior to ever being baptized, and um, it's okay. It's a uh, it's it's an interesting conversation. But if I just if I flip through Acts, let's take what Daniel said a minute ago. He said, if I just read it for what it is, and we don't start breaking out the Greek lexicons checks cons and we don't get really crazy and we just read what it says if you read the book of acts you're going to come upon so many examples that read the exact same way over and over and over again that you feel compelled to believe Mm -hmm. that if we're just going to use the example that they sure seem awfully similar right yeah you get these folks in acts two 
you know, you flip over a couple of chapters, and that's basically what uh, both Peter and John are preaching. Um, you get the eunuch, you get Cornelius and his household. Yes, they receive the Holy Spirit, but they are also baptized, right? Mm-hmm. They're in their household, the Philippian jailer, jailer, Lydia, on and on and on. I mean, you keep getting these examples that keep operating the exact same way. Um, so by example, every time you read through that, you go, man, they, they did the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. And the reason that, um, from some context, and the reason Acts is so important in this discussion is because it's it's one of the books of the Bible, the New Testament, that really ex- shows what the Christians did after Jesus was yes. dead. Yeah. Like, how did the Christians actually go about implementing a Christian life you know, after the, you know, after kind of all that stuff was done. Without yeah. building the church. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah, and building the church. Like, they were out growing the church, building the church, and this was like the actual work of the church happening now. It's not like, this is going to be what you do. This is, you know, this is how you're doing it now, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why Acts is so important in this conversation, because you could talk about, well, it was, you know, baptism discussed in, Matthew or whatever, like you could look at other books, but Acts is where you see what the Christians were actually doing with their with their understanding of the truth. So that's a pretty important example for us. Agreed. And it wasn't Matthew. Yeah. It, I mean, his yeah. launch out to them, kind of like to launch the boat into the water in Matthew chapter 28 and 18 was just that, right? I have all power and all authority in heaven and earth. Go, right? Mm-hmm. And he tells them, to, to teach everyone to observe all things that he's taught them, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Like he, he gives them instructions right there and just kind of launches the boat out. And then you see that being played out in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And you see um, application of it in the letters that Paul then writes um, to other churches. And, and like I said, Peter later is then going to kind of explain what baptism is for us. And, um, yeah, so it's, again, if I go back to what I said earlier, there's always this question, and maybe there are all the edge cases. Maybe that's what makes it interesting. Right. Well, what if yeah. I was driving in the car on my way on my to way. church, what to the river? on the cross? What about the thief? That's a good one. You want to do that? Because that's, <laughs> you know, that's fun, right? And and there are all these edge cases and, you know, you know, I just really want to do the thief on the cross. But, but do, it. do it. We'll come back. We'll okay. come because that is another thirty minutes. Um, but you know, within if you just you know just kind of just keep it really simple and it's an hour probably. Read a supplemental episode. Yeah. Read through. It's kind of basic. Give us another quiz. That was fun. I like that one. <laughs> all right, all right. How about this one? Um, so, but but don't let me off the hook without giving you more examples. I didn't really read anything to you. <laughs> I thought you did fine. So, we picked. We you know okay. So I'll just be devil's advocate. We <laughs> we cherry picked the eight verses that we wanted to fit with our own world. Seven so far. Oh yeah, so so far, Three. Th- thus far, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we wanted to align with our worldview, or our 
Bible view, however you say it. But uh, particular theology. Per our particular theology. That sounds so stuffy. Um, <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> but uh, pretentious snob. <laughs> I hate reading the Bible with you guys. <laughs> yeah, these make me feel so stupid. That's why I ask the questions, and you guys look up the verses. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so did 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 you did we? When I say did you, I'm asking you the question as in the royal we though. Did you just cherry pick seven verses that fit your worldview? I could certainly find many verses. If I wanted to pick my own eight or seven, that would not necessarily include baptism, but had the words saved all over them. So why, why can't I do that? Why can't I do that? And yet you guys can do that. And we have different answers. Is my question making sense? I think what you're saying is, hey, could someone else say, look, I've got eight verses of my own. And they all seem to tell me how I can be saved. And, and not include baptism. And not include baptism. And maybe not even change. Is it possible? Yeah. It, well, I'm not even going to say yes. I will say, if, if someone does, hypothetical Daniel does, mm -hmm. in the context of the Bible, and I would say even context of one or two books that you pull it out of, You'll be hard pressed not to find the gospel written all over it, right? Um, I guess I, I could I could go to Mark sixteen sixteen. I could say, "He that believeth and is baptized will be saved, but he that believeth not will be condemned or damned," right? And I could say, "Ah, Mark sixteen sixteen clearly says that the person who is not baptized." is not going to be damned. It's the person who doesn't believe, right? Mm -hmm. um, but again, in context of the entire Bible, well, then we've kind of talked through what belief really means and what belief looks like in Romans 10. Um, what did belief mean in Acts chapter 2? What did belief mean, you know, on down, down the list? And we see what real belief meant and what it what manifested as a result. And we come back to the exact same place. So could we just pull one or two verses out? We could. But I think one thing that we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to talk about it in context of the whole Bible. Like, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. Well, and to Julian's point, I could throw out Acts 2.38 and bring in Ephesians 2 and verse 8. What's that say? For by grace you have been saved through faith. faith. And not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Mm -hmm. uh, verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Well, you can't preach a work. Work doesn't save you. Anything that you do doesn't save you. Baptism is work. Mm -hmm. You're preaching works. Well, no, not really. I'm preaching a complete faith, like James talked about. A faith that is active. A faith that is understanding of the will of God. And that salvation comes through that. And then that faith, that obedient faith, that living faith that James talked about, makes you do certain things for God. You act on that faith. Mm -hmm. Those aren't like designated works of salvation. That's just having 
a faithful heart and doing the will of God. Part of that is understanding the nature of salvation and that mm-hmm. baptism is a part of that. Yeah. And that's that's awesome, one, right? Because if if you just kind of tilt that just a little bit, take the exact verse you said. Let's say that um, I don't want to use axe murder because I use it every time. Or we also use chainsawing your neighbor. We need the something new. Are, we or, need something new, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's let's say that I ran over my boss with my car, and that's what I love to do. Every time I get a new boss, I run him over, right? That's why you get right? promoted so often. Right, I do. They're scared to death of me. Um, and if my boss is listening, watch your back. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not just kidding. It's watch your back. If you can see his eyes right now. Yeah. Get the swirly, the swirly eyes. eyes. <laughs> so let's say that, that I have this behavior that the entire world would 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 look at it and say, morally, that's that's really backwards, right? I'd say, oh, but by grace I have been saved. But not by works. Mm-hmm. Let's not claim it, right? So I'm going to be saved operating the exact same way I am right now. Most people would say, Julian, if you're going to continue to chainsaw people and kill people, like God's probably not going to be happy with that. I'd say, but by grace, I've been saved. They'd say, you're probably going to have to change. Okay, cool. So I should probably repent. Yes, I should change. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then I'm working. Then there's a problem. Again, it, it goes, but if, if, as he's saying, if he puts it in context of some other passages here in Ephesians, I think then he's going to decide that we probably have to change. You have to have a changed heart. You have to conform to what the Lord is and, and the nature of him and be like him. I mean, you kind of have to do that. Um, and maybe we even spend enough time talking about the fact that that is an awesome thing. The change. Like, I know earlier I said, you have to change, but... Don't jump ahead. I'm sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Next episode. So to answer your question, if we are cherry-picking, I'm perfectly happy defending the, the cherries that I've picked. Yes. <laughs> in yeah. fact, in mm, fact, interesting. I, I think it would be awesome if someone would write in or email us and, and say, hey, look, these are some other passages that I think you guys should look at or I think that you've taken them the wrong way. Yeah. I would love to take the love time to, to answer some of those and to respond to some of those. If yeah. anybody has any... Yeah, chat us up on Facebook. Yeah. You don't like our eight? Let us know. Right. And I think what you said, Julian, it makes a lot of sense because you're talking about in the context of the whole scripture, essentially. Because... You know, I mean, there are there's, there's a lot of verses that talk about, you know, Luke seven fifty. Then he said to the woman, "Your faith has saved you. Go in peace." That's what Jesus said. So, I mean, yeah, you can. There's a lot of verses that talk about being saved, that don't paint a baptism story. But, um, but if if I made an argument based only on those statements, then I'm only cherry picking um, a portion of the salvation statements in the Bible. And I'm choosing to exclude other things that are re- required for salvation. So that's, I think, what you're kind of saying with the inclusion of, you know, the context, Julian. You know, so you gotta, you got to look at everything. Let's grab all the verses that talk about saved and salvation, put it together in a pot, and boil that all down to, you know, this is all that's necessary. Because who knows the context of every little statement and what the needs of that individual person were at that individual moment. You know, so let's put it all together, string it together, and then that paints a whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and might I add that even in Luke 7.50, 
when he said, <laughs> your faith has saved you, go in peace. A couple verses back, he said, your sins are forgiven. Um, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. Mm-hmm. Like, you still can't dodge the fact it's all in there. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages mm-hmm. of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And timing means something. Mm-hmm. Let's just do the whole Bible. This would be awesome. Well, probably could, yeah. And you're not going to get away from baptism if you do. So rather than be exclusive, I think we've chosen to be inclusive of direct teaching, apostolic example, of example of the early church, um, and to include all elements that they that they all described, including, like you quoted, the the great commandment of the great commission Mm -hmm. which is to go making disciples of all nations baptizing them for the remission of sins like i don't i i don't understand how you can skip that part right so 42 is the answer basically it is the ultimate answer (laughs) i wish i knew what the question was Thanks for listening to Seeker. Find us at seekerpodcast.com. Visit our website to find information about the Seeker Project. Also check out our blog and other information that we have there as well. Thanks, guys and gals. Have a good one.